welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. And Dustin, we're picking up this series that I've really enjoyed doing. We're looking at the class of 22. The, these are the incoming freshmen for the Penn State's class. And instead of just saying, oh, he might play this year or not, we are projecting, oh, the next three, four, five years for these guys, their careers, and there is zero chance of us being inaccurate on any of these projections, correct? Well, I mean, there's zero chance in the sense that if we are off, if we are way off, um, I think I still have access to you know where the audio goes. I'll just make sure it disappears. It's gonna swim <laughs> with it's gonna swim with the fishes, Jim. Yeah. All right. So, but if we're accurate on anything, it's gonna be in the headlines. 100%. Let's get started, Dusty. Uh, we've been hitting some high-level players. We're gonna start off with another one, uh, Drew Shelton. He's a four-star. Offensive lineman out of Downington, PA. He did do a little detour down to Florida to IMG, made the decision to come back for his final year of high school to Downingtown, back here in Pennsylvania. My first question for you is, is he a true tackle? I, I think so. I mean, I, you have to kind of see how his body develops. But as of now, I think he's listed around 6'5", 275. Um, I can definitely see him after year one being more like 6'5", 295. And uh, I think he's athletic enough and he moves well enough to definitely believe that he can stick at tackle. Um, I do think he does have a little – he offers some, you know, some versatility. And I think – uh, what we've seen from Penn State, especially in, in more recent cycles, is really trying these guys at all the different spots to get them cross-trained, to get them some reps e- each place, and to really kind of get a feel for where they're the most comfortable, where their future is, where they might be able to kind of cross-train them in the future as well. Um, not everybody can really bounce around, but I think um, you know Drew Shelton does offer the possibility of uh, – of getting onto the field, and that could be at guard or at tackle. That could be on the, at right tackle. That could be at left tackle. Uh, I'm really impressed with his skill set, but I, I think you know we're going to need a year or two to really answer that question about what his long-term future is and whether or not Penn State would start him off someplace else just because they, they have a need or, or think that he can do that job. And I asked the question the way I did because it seems like so many players, even transfers, who were playing tackle at their previous school are coming to Penn State and are called interior offensive linemen. And we even have people, some people think Caden Wallace, who's been a two-year starter here at tackle, would, would be better at the inside. And it's also fascinating, you mentioned he's listed at 275. And I went to a couple different places. One place he's listed 275. Another place he's already listed at 290, Dustin. So don't know if that's a more advanced, more recent listing for him. But if he is truly 6'5", 290, that's pretty good size to start thinking tackle. And and I think um, I think he's got a tackle's body. 
Um, I think he's going to move extremely well at 300 plus pounds. And that's, you know, when, when you get a guy who, who is going to maybe jump 30 to 40 pounds over the course of, you know, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, whatever it is, uh, you are trying to kind of see, okay, does he, does he hold on to, to that movement? I think with Shelton, you know, the thing that really jumps out to me and what I listed as his primary strength as I'm kind of looking into the future is that he's a better athlete than Caden Wallace is. Uh, he moves better than him. I think he moves better um, and is more, a more fluid athlete with better feet than Landon Tangwall is. And I think we're looking at Landon Tangwall as either guard or a tackle. I think Drew Shelton, you know, the way that he moves and how athletic he is, is ultimately going to be too special at tackle to kind of squander that at guard, at least over the long term. You know, if there's an avenue to the field and he proves he can be the best guy, okay, start him at guard. Uh, but then, but then move him around as you can. I mean, if you're looking for the best five guys at a certain time, there's a pretty good chance, depending on how things sort out in 2022, that Drew Shelton could be one of the five best at, at any any number of positions. When you talk about him, and you mentioned Landon Tangwall, and I'm going to take the comparison one step further. It's hard for an offensive lineman as a true freshman to come right in and contribute especially since Shelton isn't there yet. He's enrolled, but are not enrolled yet. So it's difficult, but might we see him like the Tengwall path where he gets into three or four games but doesn't burn his red shirt? Yeah, I, I think he can hold his own, at least at least in the same way that Landon Tengwall held his own. You hold on to it throughout the season. You know, God forbid you're in a position where you need to force him onto the field for beyond four games. But I think at the end of his freshman year, after all the the training camp, after all the practices and um, things like that, he'll be. I think he'll be ready to hold his own. Um, as a freshman, because he is an out, outstanding athlete, and I think he could um, he he could step onto the field right away and at least be you know um, representative of a of a decent offensive lineman. Um, I do think that ultimately he will redshirt um, this year. There's no real need to to press there. I also think. You know, coming from a lot of kids coming from Pennsylvania have a lot, a lot of experience run blocking because they're playing for offenses that generally, you know, in the state of Pennsylvania, there's a lot of run heavy attacks here. And it looks to me like Downingtown West was a pretty heavy run team where he's further ahead uh, when it comes to run blocking than he is pass blocking. But at the same time, you know, all that athleticism and the strengths that he has as an athlete and a player should lend themselves to developing pretty quickly on the pass pro front. And it just might be a question of getting a little experience at the collegiate level. Let's move on, Dusty. I'm staying at offensive line, because, and I'm intrigued by several of these players. Obviously, Drew Shelton, highly regarded. Very interesting guy coming out of Lackawanna College, and that's J.B. Nelson. His numbers look like 6'5", 320, and I believe he, he's enrolled right now. And I also believe he has three years of eligibility left because I think he got that bonus COVID year. So three years after coming out of Lackawanna, this seems like a guy who's a little physically more mature. Might he be the guy who could step in right away and see action in 22? Yeah, I think, I mean, anytime you're going the junior college route, you're taking advantage of the time that they've had to develop and, and build their bodies and, and to mature a little bit. Um, I think on a technique front and things like that, it can be a little bit of a grab bag as far as how long, how far along 
um, these guys have gotten at the junior college level when they're not practicing against division one athletes, when they're not playing against division one athletes. Uh, I, the, I think you, you know, the Lackawanna coaching staff could do an outstanding job coaching technique and things like that. But you know, he, he's making a pretty big jump to, you know, day in, day out of practice. And then on Saturdays, um, playing against big time guys who are strong and fast. And you just kind of can't, you can't simulate that at Lackawanna. So I, I I love what you see in the physical tools. It does look like um, he could be a contender for one of the guard spots. Um, I you know I, I think the track record when it comes to junior college offensive linemen is a little underwhelming. And so I have a hard time shaking that from my mind as I, as I, you know Ant, the the vision of Anthony Wigan is still pretty fresh. Um, you know, I think you have to be as a junior college player, I don't think you necessarily need to come in and be a starter right away, but you do need to prove pretty early in the process that you are not a long-term project, that you're a short-term project. That could be six months. It could be 12 months. Uh, it could be right away. I just don't know that JB Nelson and, and I, I do kind of carry the, you know, the, the recent history, um, with lack of, with, you know, junior college offensive linemen. Um, I, I just don't have grand expectations for him right away. I just think that the clock is ticking as a junior college guy. You need to come in there and you need to prove that, that you are not a two-year project. And I don't think that's something that Anthony Wigan never did. He never proved that he's a short-term project. He was always like kind of a long-term guy. Well, we've got to be careful that not every safety coming from Lackawanna is going to be Jaquan Brisker. False. <laughs> not every offensive lineman will be Anthony Wigan. So we got to, uh, you know, treat each one of them individually. It'll be fascinating to see. One other note, I was corrected on this last week in our Ask T. Frank segment, uh, Dusty. Did you know Lackawanna is not a junior college? It uh, is a four-year I, college. But, it's Lackawanna community. But, it's a community college, right? So you, have a, you can get a four-year degree there. They do have four-year degrees. However, their sports plays at a junior college level, okay? So they only have two years. But we were corrected, I'm sure, by a four-year Lackawanna grad that I have to stop calling it Lackawanna Junior College. But again, uh, going back to J.B. Nelson, who we're supposed to be talking about, because of that maturity of just being a couple years older and a couple years physically more mature and the fact that he's already enrolled tells you, well, maybe he does have a chance to step in and play right away. But I also think because of that three years of eligibility he has, there's still not the pressure that he's got to perform right away or he won't be contributing. Yeah, and 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 that you want that no matter what level you're getting a guy. But even even a even a quote unquote junior college guy, I'm going to call him a junior college guy because that, from an athletic standpoint, he was a junior college guy. Um, you know, I, I think you don't want to have the urgency, the need to rely on him right away. Who it was Paris Palmer that they didn't have the luxury of waiting with Paris Palmer, and he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He he needed a lot of work on his body. JB Nelson arrives. You know, if he, if that three twenty holds up through the grind of spring practice and training camp and all that, um, 
he he's already a, a big step forward, and I I like the his power and his strength, you know, and I, that's one of the the beauties of getting a a a junior college guy uh, is somebody who's a little bit further along when it comes to strength and maturity and and how his body has developed, and you have a much better feel at at this point of what he's going to be because he's got a head start. Um, I think just think the the finer points of the position and making sure that he's um, getting his hands on guys and not letting you know, big 10 defenders get up into his body without getting, without getting your hands on him first. You know, that, that's one thing, um, you know, just polishing up that technique, but I, I think he's in the mix and maybe he's in that too deep situation uh, right away. I mean, uh, he's developed well enough. He's, he, he's physically mature. Maybe he is that guy who can be in the too deep, uh, maybe not necessarily a starter, but somebody you, you can rely on if you need to. And I'll ask the same question, tackle versus guard. I think I I would like to see him at guard. I think just that the you know his power and his his thickness you know just steer into that. Uh, I'm not sure if he moves well enough laterally if he can mirror pass rushers if he can do all that be on an island by himself. But I think his power and his strength should translate pretty well at the guard position, and I think that's where they're ultimately going to have a bigger need just depending on what they they plan to do with some of these guys who are capable of playing both positions this fall. Yeah, it's been a couple years now, and Phil Troutwine has been emphasizing that ability to play the multiple positions. My concern is it just feels like so many of these guys, well, they can play either one, but he's probably better at guard. I want to hear the guy who, well, he could play either one, but he's better at tackle. So I want to see some tackles. Dustin, that's it for quarter number two. Quarter number three, we are going to keep this series going, and we're going to talk about a couple more offensive linemen. Stick around for that. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross-check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt hockey, played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hearty souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 